When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea is a fascinating and intricate topic, far more complex than anyone can master. Our expertise resides in storytelling by professionals who know the tea lands from birth and speak the native tongue. We believe that transparency is grounded at origin, which is why the T-Biz portal enlists 40 voices skilled in 12 languages to tell the story of tea. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Tea supply chains are undergoing intense scrutiny. An online tea traceability tracker permits consumers to compare corporate tea supply chains. Tea auction prices remain firm as inflation ebbs. And David's Tea is adding tea bars to its retail locations. Plus, Harvard University researchers report that people who consume sugary drinks regularly, one to two cans a day, have a 26% greater chance of developing type 2 diabetes. Mixed alcohol, sports and energy drinks, fruit juices, and soda are the worst. Unsweetened tea is the perfect alternative, according to Mumbai-based TeaFit, which bottles award-winning blends of botanicals and tea. TeaFit founder Joy T. Bharavraj shares her vision of sugarless bliss with Arvinda and Theraman. In Memoriam Govind Johar, the ex-chairman of J. Thomas & Company, passed this week. He joined the company in 1955, was named to the board of directors in 1970, and became managing director in 1980. He was chairman of India's top brokerage until he retired to Pune in 1992. He was 89. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. The tea industry's supply chain has undergone intense scrutiny since 2020 when global air transport, business travel, and intermodal shipping were simultaneously halted. In Europe, the scrutiny led to the introduction of a corporate sustainability due diligence directive recently passed by the European Parliament. The legislation requires companies to identify and address human rights and environmental violations up and down their supply chains. Firms will be assessed significant fines for social and environmental violations. 
The directive is awaiting ratification by EU member countries. Last month, the Business and Human Rights Resource Center, BHRRC, released its findings after surveying major tea companies to quantify human rights abuses in the tea sector. The BHRRC's online tea transparency tracker documents 70 allegations involving tea workers in five countries. 65 tea companies were asked to participate, of which 29 responded and 20 agreed to disclose supply chain data publicly. 16 buyers were named in the allegations, including Betty's and Taylor, Zekatera and James Finley, Starbucks, Tivon and Tesco, Tetley, Twinings, Typhu, and Unilever. Eleven of these companies will be covered under the scope of the EU Sustainability Directive. The report, titled Boiling Point, Strengthening Corporate Accountability in the Tea Industry, found that 90% of female tea workers in Kenya have been victims or witnessed sexual or physical abuse. Tea workers in Assam are only only one-fifth of the living wage, with a pay gap between male and female workers of up to 50%. Many suppliers experience precarious contractual arrangements. Kate Jelly, who authored the study, described three general categories of abuse. The first is linked to wages, benefits, and living standards. The second identifies health and safety infringements. She also documented incidents in which workers were intimidated for associating, sometimes with organized labor. She said that 22 of the alleged abuses occurred in India, and she speculated that most abuses go unreported. Quote, Nevertheless, they provide a foundation for interrogating major tea companies' commitment to effectiveness in identifying, preventing, and responding to rights issues associated with the tea industry, reads the report. Before the report was published, participating companies were encouraged to respond to allegations and describe the policies in place to protect health and welfare of workers. The tracker permits consumers to compare responses between companies on policies such as minimum wage, freedom to associate, access to safe water and sanitation, and equal pay for equal work. Business Insight Corporations generally oppose the shift from voluntary to mandatory due diligence, but investors say the current ESG rating market isn't functioning properly. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen expressed concerns about the, quote, negative unintended consequences, end quote, of the EU forcing companies to more closely monitor their supply chains. Inflation growth in the U.S. eased to 4% in May. According to Eurostat, inflation in Europe rose to 7% in April, but is also easing to an estimated 6.1% growth. Food prices set records worldwide in 2022 and remain stubbornly high, but have been trending down since last summer, according to the Food and Agricultural Organization. The food prices continue to increase in the U.S., driven by labor and transport costs. Economists globally last fall predicted a recession in the third quarter of 2023. That seems less likely, but there is ample evidence growth is slowing. Globally, the growth estimate was revised downward to 2.1% according to OECD, 
which estimates India's economy is expanding at 6%, China's is growing at 5.4%, and Indonesia's growth rate is 4.7%. The estimate for the U.S. is a more modest 1.6%, and for Europe, it's 0.9%. Europe is currently experiencing a technical recession. Russia's economy will contract by 1.5% in 2023. The U.S. Consumer Price Index year-to-date is well down from last summer's 9% peak, quote, though it remains about twice as fast as was normal during the onset of the coronavirus in 2020, according to the New York Times. The Federal Reserve's efforts to slow the economy appear to be working after 10 straight interest rate increases. The economics of food are less responsive. According to Statistics Canada, Prices for food purchased in stores reached a 41-year high in Canada in October 2022. Fertilizer, fuel, and chemical inputs remain costly. The long-term average price for anhydrous ammonia globally was $637 per ton from 2009 to 2020. This month, nitrogen fertilizers are averaging $1,116 per ton. And in January 2022, anhydrous ammonia spiked at more than 1,600 per ton following the invasion of Ukraine, a major supplier. Rising wages are also a concern as real wage growth is dipping into negative figures in many countries. Tea is a labor-intensive industry that employs 13 million globally. Quote, Income inequality and poverty will rise if the purchasing power of the lowest paid is not maintained, end quote, writes Gilbert Hongbo, Director General of the International Labor Organization. There are positive signs. The Economist Intelligence Unit reports that prices fell from $3 per kilo on average in 2022 to $2.70 per kilo in the first quarter of 2023. Tea prices at auction are generally soft in India and Kenya, lower than in 2022, but easing as the cost of transporting goods declines. But, quote, prices will likely remain close to $3 per kilo and could rise higher if adverse weather persists, according to EIU. Most tea is consumed within the 48 countries where it is grown. Consumption is steadily increasing, outpacing production, and likely to result in a 200,000 metric ton deficit in the coming year. The situation is most acute in Sri Lanka, where production fell to a 26-year low of 250 million kilos in 2022 and continues to fall. It's down 2.8% year-on-year through April. This is most evident on large farms where tea fields are idle. Prime Minister Ramesh Prathrana said small tea growers now contribute 77% of the country's total tea production. He observed that the biggest challenge facing Sri Lanka is the shrinking export market globally. Experiential tea retail is gaining momentum. This week, Montreal-based David's Tea announced opening an in-store tea bar at the Eden Centre location in Toronto, with plans to remodel a third of its retail locations to add tea bars by year-end. 
The Tea Bars offer an exclusively curated and seasonally changing menu that showcases the wide variety of beverages at David's Tea, according to the company. Consumers can expect to discover hot and iced tea lattes, matcha, along with tea pop and tea pop lemonades. The vegan-friendly menu exclusively features oat milk to amplify the flavor experience and cater to a wider audience. David's Tea addresses the void in the specialty takeout tea market through these innovative, handcrafted to-go beverages, reads the press release. David's Tea Chief Executive Officer and Chief Brand Officer Sarah Siegel said, quote, We are eager for this next step in our journey and cannot wait to see how a new focus on tea beverages can open up a world of tea lifestyle and interest for our customers. Crafted, premium, amazing-tasted sparkling tea and tea lattes are a great way to explore flavors and discover the many ways to enjoy loose-leaf tea. End quote. The tea bars are a response to consumer demand. The company Soft launched the concept in late 2022 in its home province of Quebec at the CF Carrefour Laval location and refined it with a second location at Le Galleries Le Capital early this year. Ottawa's Redoux Centre and Vancouver's Pacific Centre locations are next in line in the national rollout. David's Tea operates 18 locations in Canada. In November, Siegel told Business Journal that the company intends to enter the U.S. wholesale market and introduce a line of ready-to-drink teas. David's Tea is currently sold in 3,800 grocery stores, pharmacies, and big box outlets. Business Insight David's Tea Shops offer over-the-counter samples and tastings before the pandemic forced the company to close more than 230 locations in the U.S. and Canada. But beverage selections were limited to loose-leaf teas bought in bulk and stored in large tins. The new concept is beverage-forward with standard versions, hot and iced beverages, and carbonated teas. Arvinda Anantharaman in Bengaluru reports on tea auction prices for sale 23. India tea price report for sale 23 for the week ending 10th June 2023. So far, the shortfall in rain has been recorded as about 30 to 40 percent in Assam and 15 to 25 percent in North Bengal. And the success of the second flush now rests on rains. Uh, expected and hoped for this week and next. So in sale 23 of the auctions, Gohati witnessed good demand for both leaf and dust. Hindustan Unilever was active. The volume on offer was higher than the previous week and pri- prices were also marginally higher with fewer outlots. In Kolkata, offerings were higher, fewer outlots, and all grades barring Darjeeling performed well. Kochi saw good demand for orthodox leaf Kuno probably had the best week among all the auction centers with strong demand for leaf grades, with CTC Leaf having an 99% sale volume and Orthodox 92%. The dust market was also very good and prices averaged just above 100 rupees. Exporters were active with all tea grades. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Bogdan a passionate tea drinker and the inventor of the ultimate tea machine, the Brewmaker One. 
Preparation is key to making fine tea. Sequential steepings deliver the best taste possible and unlock the true value of whole leaf teas and botanicals. Brew automates that process without using any pots or capsules. This simple to operate smartphone control device stores steeping profiles to consistently make great tea at the push of a button. Brew also reduces time, waste and energy. That's because I engineered the brew to remember control settings for temperature, brewing time and quantity. Using my patented process lets you stack steep simply and conveniently. Harvard University researchers report that people who consume sugary drinks regularly, one to two cans a day, have a 26% greater chance of developing type 2 diabetes. Mixed alcohol, sports and energy drinks, fruit juices, and soda are the worst. Unsweetened tea is the perfect alternative, according to Mumbai-based Tea Fit, which bottles award-winning blends of botanicals and tea. Tea Fit founder Joy T. Baravar shares her vision of sugarless bliss with Arvinda Adantharaman. Jyoti Bardwaj launched Tea Fit in 2021, offering a range of iced teas that are unsweetened. She has since added unsweetened premixes to the product portfolio. For a country with a large population suffering from diabetes, she says unsweetened beverages are much needed and tea offered the perfect vehicle to create it. More recently, Jyoti was featured on Shark Tank India, where she secured 5 million rupees in investment. Jyoti talks to us about tea, ready-to-drink category and how her brand is helping tea shed its fussy image. Thanks for joining us here on TBiz, and it's uh, great to have you. And congratulations on what you've done. Uh, thank you so much, Arvinda, for having me for this conversation. I have had a rather longer route to entrepreneurship. I wasn't like born to be an entrepreneur, nor do I come from a family of uh, any kind of business people. We are the typical service class uh, India that uh, you know focuses on education, focuses on grades, and you know become an ace engineer, get into consulting, do MBA. So that's the route I kind of had uh, for myself as well. So I am an engineer like almost half of the country, and uh, then I did my MBA from uh, Indian School of Business. Somewhere in the middle, I for a couple of years I uh, did do work in a large IT company. I think what that taught me is what I don't enjoy or what I'm not cut out to do. And uh, thankfully, I learned that uh, fairly early in life. And uh, after that, I did my MBA. After that, I've just worked uh, in building startups. So uh, I've, I would say there are two startups from scratch. One still thrives in the consumer space called Love and Fresh. Uh, the Chennai-based company um, for whom we started from right from the ideation, branding, all of that. And uh, to see it thrive 10 years after the brand I've built, it's, uh, it's very uh, satisfactory for somebody who enjoys working in startups. So after uh, two startups, I was honestly beginning to get a little bit bored. I like all the typical middle class, uh, uh, you know, liabilities were taken care of. I had paid off my uh, huge MBA education loan. I had a nice house in Mumbai. And uh, then that's, that was pretty much it. I was taken care of in that sense. So that itch to do something uh, 
meaningful, something beyond the next job. I think that kind of was uh, gnawing at me a little bit. And also my kids were really young. Uh, so Mumbai uh, traveling for two hours, one way was also not, I wasn't enjoying uh, staying away from my young one for, for so long every day. So um, somewhere in the middle, I had traveled to Japan quite a few times and I really enjoyed the unsuited beverage space uh, of Japan and just the pride that the Japanese uh, folks have in traditional cuisines that uh, somehow pick up or resonate from their, uh, you know, traditional teas and herbs and their botanicals. And so for every uh, cola or uh, sugary beverage you would find on a vending machine, you'd find 20 different types of teas that are made from grains, from tea, oolong tea, or green tea, matcha, you name it. And uh, I was like blown away with the kind of selection that was there and the kind of, uh, you know, access that people had to good products, to products that are good for you. And I always wondered that, you know, when I visit a beverage aisle here back home, there are just broadly three categories. There is cola, there is uh, fruit-based, uh, sugar-based beverages, and then energy drinks. And somewhere in the middle is where you have to make a choice with the consumer. And then kind of the whole blame is pinned on that the consumer, the Indian consumer wants things sweet. But if you look at the option, it is so limited that you can't really blame him or her for picking what he does. I come from a diabetic family. Everybody, like my parents, are diabetic, and uh, I am borderline diabetic myself. Uh, so it was a no-brainer that I enjoyed something like that. And India has um, now 10 crore uh, like declared diagnosed diabetics. And so it's a serious number, you know. And somewhere I felt that the responsibility does lie on uh, on brands that are irresponsibly pushing such products through, uh, you know, mainstream marketing and kind of making it cool to have this 10 times a day and uh, associating it with aspiration, with happiness and with, you know, all of the other uh, strokes of marketing. And uh, so, like, the seed was there in me to build something responsible, to build something intentional, where it's not just less bad for you, uh, things that are good for you, that can be bottled. So I think somewhere, I, I, I also feel that uh, we, have, we in India have become so used to things being slightly exaggerated in flavors, right? More spice, more sweet, more, uh, you know, deep fried. And we, 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 we like that. Right. Yeah. I tend to associate those with, you know, excess of something equals better taste. I think that's sort of what we've been given. Uh, so on the production side, what did you have to do to make sure that you, you still retain the, uh, you know, the integrity of what you want the product to have but without compromising on flavor? What so I would like to uh, take a minute to highlight that I was clueless. I was as clueless about the business as the next person on the street. So it did take me longer to figure out. Like I literally Google uh, on day one of quitting my job, how do you make iced tea at scale? Or which are the herbs that, uh, you know, taste less bitter? Or how does aqueous extraction work? So like everything started from good old Google. And then very soon I realized there's no way I can do this myself. I need to find people who know more than me, than me kind of playing Einstein. So I would say that my uh, little bit of whatever success I've achieved, I think that's more to do with the kind of talent I have been able to uh, convince to kind of come on board more than being able to uh, solve things quickly myself. My broad stroke problem statement was that a product, uh, we want a, a healthy beverage with no sugar, which is a base in tea uh, and uh, it has its own blend of uh, 
herbal formulation, Ayurvedic formulation that uh, helps you fight the stresses of modern life. Like, you know, you are eating all sorts of things. You're always on the go. You're always ordering in food. So something that would, you know, uh, that could help you with digestion, that could help you just feel light and that doesn't kind of add to the sleepiness and uh, like that. But we did struggle to come to the right flavor initially in the absence of sugar because uh, first you take out sugar, then you add, uh, you know, a blend of 15 herbs and some herbs as bitter as noni fruit. Like I'm not sure how aware are you, but it's really bitter, noni fruit. uh, So you can't really take even a spoonful of it. So how do you kind of get the actives? But at the same time, it's very good for you. Like it's very good for your skin health, for digestive health. Uh, so we wanted the actives, but we didn't want the bitterness. So, you know, that took a lot of time to get right. Then it did taste bitter for, I think, first three uh, productions. Like when you would consume, it wasn't the greatest to taste. And I knew if it doesn't taste great, no matter how good for you it is, nobody's going to drink it. So we reworked the formulation. We added licorice to it. We added cinnamon to it. Things that kind of pull your mouth into... Uh, making the flavor, the palate a little more rounded, a little more like hint, a faint hint of uh, sweetness. And so uh, I think a lot of iterations uh, is what it took for us to get to the uh, product. We also didn't want to lose the the delicate flavor, the notes of the tea. Like we use our tea from, you know, single origin, single estate in Assam called Dendai Tea Estate and another similar estate in Kerala for the green tea. And uh, initially when we were doing it would always become the tea would be too strong and it would just be very astringent like it would have lost its finer top notes. So then we kind of redid the entire fabrication of the brewing process like um, the manufacturing plants in India are typically made for either carbonated beverages or they're made for fruit based beverages. There is no like iced tea or brewing concept other than you know beer and that industry. So in the mainstream bottling, it's only for either CSD, carbonated uh, soft drinks, or for fruit. So for our, uh, you know, tea brewing, herb brewing, we had to set up a whole different line wherein you brew it outside the filling line at the temperature at which you want, and then introduce the brew into the main filling line. So it did take us a while for us to kind of figure out lots of failed, um, you know, experiments wherein uh, the entire batch is on the floor because the filter got choked. So we've also kind of had a journey where because we have done things from grounds up, we have done every possible thing that could go wrong. And therefore, you know, we are now doing it right. So how long did it take from, you know, from the point when you you started the R&D and to the, say, the first batch that you said, huh, OK, I think we've cracked it. 14 months, 14 months is what wow. it did. Yeah, it did. From, from uh, like the sketch of the product. Uh, and I also was a little bit ziddy in that, that sense that I didn't want anything, like I didn't want to take shortcuts. So I didn't want a bottle that existed. So this bottle you see was uh, designed by Indian School of Design and Innovation. So it did take me some time to figure out, you know, who would do the bottles for us. And uh, uh, when you knew, you kind of don't know the limitations of the industry. So I didn't know that if you have a bottle like this, you know, it's hard for you to do hot fill because the bottle collapses. Uh, So I also figured out a lot of things along the way. Like I said, I've made every mistake I could have made and I am still alive. That itself calls for congratulations. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But why why tea? Why was your starting point tea? 
I felt the kind of products I wanted to make was hard to do in a fruit-based beverage, and carbonated uh, drinks I didn't want to touch in the beginning because, like, I was anti everything that carbonated drinks stood for, uh, and. Uh, also, like I'm a tea person, so I don't know when you said that. I feel like uh, honestly, Arvind, there are two kinds of entrepreneurs: one who get an opportunity and kind of grab at it, and one who kind of do things because they like it and they feel like it will find a wider appeal. I think I'm the latter. So I like tea. I love those beverages. So it started as a pet project of mine. I used to brew it in the kitchen. Uh, you know, hibiscus tea and all sorts of tea, barley tea. When I came back from Japan. and uh, people around started liking it so i was like this is one thing i know how to do and uh, let me work on this i also felt like it allowed for the botanicals to find a good home uh, for uh, being effective and kind of uh, finding a like synergized flavor if you put the same thing in juices it just tastes very off how do you choose a salmon munnar uh, as your source for tea any reasons the like bizarre reasons my nana ji used to make a black lemon black tea which is legendary in our like whole locality and uh, he's no more god bless his soul but um i think i was hooked on to that so the first two three things i wanted i wanted his lemon black tea and uh, also arvind if i tell you from a business perspective i didn't the drink itself was alien to the indian consumer like there was no unsweetened a drink per se like there was an odd wild vitamin water or you know a couple of other drinks like that but there was no drink with a uh, personality of its own and was unsweetened so there was a bit of unfamiliarity to begin with and so we didn't want to make it further and unfamiliar like add two steps of alienation by add or creating a flavor that's not mainstream so we wanted to go with two most mainstream flavors which is lemon and peach in iced tea uh and give that as to customers saying look your lemon and peach iced tea could be this uh you know so that's what we uh wanted to go ahead with just making it less complex as uh, an introduction or making it less complex to decide or uh, the first uh, purchase the first trial like as a business owner your um, holy grail is trials and then eventually the peace So for a bootstrap brand, if you have to institute trials, either your packaging has to be phenomenal, uh, the name has to be really catchy and simple for you to understand, the product has to be really simple for you to understand. So for all of these reasons, uh, we want we wanted to kind of keep the uh, complications as minimum as possible. So we did a lemon black tea, and we did a peach green tea, and we did a barley tea, which was uh, something that I personally liked a lot. and uh, it has immense health benefits and it would be tragic that it kind of stays in our books and it, people don't get to try it would you say health is still the the whole the main marketing angle for tea uh, you know the new brands that are coming up do you think people are responding to health and wellness as in in the marketing conversations or is it uh, flavor as a product first company i would say if you don't have a strong product no amount of positioning of the product will really get the customer pull so uh, first the product has to be incredibly strong which means it has to check all the boxes if you ask me even the what is important is the uh, health angle important is the flavor important is the price point important is the availability important i would say all of these four if they are in place only then there is a hope that 
you know customer will discover you will uh, decide to part with his money to try your product um so in my case i was hell bent on finding the right flavor so then you kind of have to always appeal to the health side so we wanted the customers to you know come for the flavor like we say you know you flex on the flavor you know health is something we take care of you it's something that is uh, in the product but you will come for the flavor definitely and and now tell me about the shark tank uh experience uh, how why did you choose to go what happened how was it and uh, how has it been post that i don't think i chose i think it chose me because like there were so many people who applied for it and uh, all great businesses i would say many far ahead in the journey than me in fact uh, i applied last year also arvinda i was like two week two months into the business i had done a sum total of 20000 in revenue and i had applied so like the guts was always there you know uh, even with 20000 in revenue i kind of went ahead i was like let me give it a shot and i did get through uh, all the rounds uh, even in the first season but i was traveling when they wanted to come wanted me to go for the audition so i had to kind of skip it uh this time also i applied but i didn't apply with any hopes honestly i've seen all the season of shark tank or us to know that it's like almost fluke that you make it or it's a stroke of luck also so i would say that probably my story resonated with me of with them that you know i'm doing this single handedly or how committed i am to this space so there are a couple of rounds of applications or uh, wherein they ask for what's your big vision what's the big idea what is it that you're building what do you products look like you know so broad strokes in the first round and if you get shortlisted then they call you for a second round which is also a written round but a fairly detailed one you know in terms of revenue in terms of product market fit in terms of your footprints all of that and um, then you have to submit like a 3 minute uh, pitch or like a video pitch to them and uh, then they if they like you then they call you and they called me and uh, that day i didn't have any baby care at home so i took my kids with me on the day of audition so they came with me on the audition i got to the audition so whoever apparently is in the audition has to show up for the final shoot so i had to take them for the final shoot even though i was not sure you know how kids would uh, behave but uh, i guess it went well i am in generally not a very camera friendly person but uh, i felt like the kind of exposure that i have been at me like chipping away at slowly brick by brick brick by brick this would solve for that overnight if i you know made the most of the opportunity that came my way and so so i prepped i prepped for it i rehearsed for it a couple of days and then i went and uh, i had done the business in and out from day one all by myself so those answers you'll always have like if you've done something you don't really have to prepare because you've done it so you know it in and out so i felt like that came through well uh, in the show we got a lot of love like our phone didn't stop ringing for weeks we had uh, 300 350 distributor inquiries overnight sales skyrocketed uh, website shut down so all of the good things that a business faces we faced all of that and uh, it has given us like catapulted us into a different stratosphere so i was playing at a very um, small business level now i would say that uh, you know we are fighting bigger problems i have a bigger team overnight now i was doing it with a couple of interns and a friend now i'll have like a legitimate team of people so uh, so i would say to every more than anything people know about the brand 
people know what we do so the kind of exposure that the brand gets i think it makes up for any uh, inhibitions you have as a founder that you know should i go should i not go am i cut out for this what if they insult me on tv and you know all sorts of things kind of go uh, through your head but i think if you're a consumer brand if you're at a stage where your product is available for people to buy i think you should absolutely you know do everything in your power to kind of uh, try and get your 15 minutes on tv are you still riding on the success of that uh, do you do you think it has sustained until now so it doesn't sustain in the way that so it becomes 100x in the first month right and then it slows to uh 5 6x of what you were doing but yeah. 5 6x it would have taken you you know that much time to get there on your own so right. also a lot of doors open for you you know it's hard to quantify honestly everything that kind of comes your way sales is one way to quantify but just the number of opportunities that come your way um you know brands like zepto blinkit and other quick commerce platforms if i was a nobody which i was before shark tank uh, it's much harder to get into closed door uh, you know right. conversations like that and platforms like that uh, just access becomes a lot more easier you if you've done well um, thankfully my episode i think did well so just access to the industry becomes easier like you could meet anybody you wanted to meet like i was uh, i've been meeting people like harsh mariwala and just being able to pick their brain and for even a 5 minute conversation it's a whole different uh, mindset that it puts you into you start to think what's possible you start to think of bigger possibilities for yourself for the brand for what it can do and uh, you know you start to believe in leapfrogging and not just building brick by brick like you know seminal moments like this will come in the life of a brand and then you go building you know one step at a time but you would just take a 100000 uh, kind of a leap and so um, longevity and just be building putting your head down uh, i feel like moments like this will come and they will kind of change the course of the journey and so this was one such milestone for us one of the things in the, within the industry here also is the concern that you know coffee is cool tea hasn't been able to crack that uh, right. and, and get younger younger you know uh, uh, customers and something like tea fit would you know i imagine interest a lot of younger people as well but so how how, do, how does tea fit fit into the larger you know developments shaping in indian tea so we feel like there is a ton of scope uh, to make tea cool and uh, tea associated with elderly is i think an idea of yesterday um, purely because it has not been uh, you know presented in the way with the amount of cool or the sass that coffee does um, uh, as a tea drinking country i feel like there is an absolute op- wide open gap to uh, create a brand uh, that is intentional that is responsible that is cool that is that aligns with the value systems of the young buyer today we consider ourselves to be a tea brand before uh, you know any other brand so there's a lot of innovation that we are currently working on to to innovate on different products and incorporate tea in it um, maybe chocolates maybe uh, throwing my hat in the ring right now but we are working on those ideas that uh, could kind of not just vertical extension of the product but also taking it horizontally and seeing what else can we do with uh, tea and what other products can we incorporate tea into 
we are at a stage where the discerning young people want more than uh, the traditional cola energy drinks and uh, you know uh, fruit based beverages that's why you do see a lot of uh, experimentation in the co- cocktail space in the you know cocktail mocktail space the party space so to speak non alcoholic beverages but i feel like no innovation has happened in the in the tea and rtd beverages so we are glad to be uh, you know going after that space and building a brand that resonates with the youth and uh, hopefully makes uh, tea drinking as cool if not cooler than coffee intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast would you like to learn more from our global network of tea biz journalists and tea experts Remember to visit the TBiz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Produced by Adavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.